for our text this morning. We're reading from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter, reading verses 21 and 22. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and verse 22. Before I read the text... I would like to express our appreciation way from Weka, West and Central Africa District of the Apostolic Faith Church. Our appreciation for the prayer support as well as other generosity that the Lord has helped you to respond to when we had a flood disaster which affected most of the riverine area of Nigeria, the result of which many houses and churches and means of livelihood were destroyed. But because of your prayer and your support, I can report that the Lord has settled all our displaced people. They are back now on their homeland. Thank you. We also want to say thank you for your prayers in connection with the smooth transition of the government that we had. That was very special because before that time, there was this problem of There's going to be bloodshed. There's going to be civil war. But prayers were offered unto God. And I can report also to you that God answers prayers. God answered that prayer too. God intervened and everything went well. And finally, I want to say thank you for your prayer support. For Stella and I, it's just about 18 months ago that we relocated from the United Kingdom to worker headquarters in Lagos, Nigeria. Your prayer has been sustaining us, and we are here also to give you a report of victories as a result of your prayer support. God bless you all. We pray that you continue to remember us in your prayers as you remember this global work, remember the work in Weka as well, And we know one of these days, by the special grace of God, we shall all make it to the portals of glory. Back to our text, Matthew chapter 18, reading verses 21 and 22. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. We thank God for this camp meeting. We thank God for the inspiring testimonies about prayers that God has answered. We are excited that God is going to answer more prayers. For our prayers to go through to God, we want to be sure that there is nothing 
between our soul and our Savior. There is nothing between ourselves and our brothers and sisters. We want to make sure that all channels are cleared when we pray. Some people would like to know what has hindered some of their prayers so that the prayer has not been answered. For our teaching this morning, with God's help, we shall be looking at the topic of Christian forgiveness, Christ-like forgiveness. It's a prerequisite for receiving answers to our prayers and for obtaining God's blessing over our lives. There are many things that may stand on our way of praying through to victory. This is one of them. And we want to be sure that we take care of it. Because God wants to answer prayers. And once our channels are cleared by the special grace of God, our prayers will be answered in Jesus' name. So for our teaching outline, we shall be looking at what is forgiveness, who needs forgiveness, how do we receive and offer forgiveness, consequences of ignoring forgiveness, and the benefits of forgiveness. May God help us. In the book of St. Matthew, chapter 18, that we have in front of us, actually, from verse 7 through to the last verse, we have instructions there from Jesus Christ himself about how to deal with offenses. He expanded on this very clearly from verse 7 through to 9. We have their offenses given us by ourselves, which is expressed by our hands, our foot, and our eyes. That is not the subject of this teaching. And then we have in verses 10 to 14 of that same St. Matthew, the 18th chapter, offenses given by us to others. That is, we now on the side of being the offenders. And then from verse 15 to 20, we have the offenses given us by others. Now we are the um, offendee. We have the offenders offending us. That is the main area that we will be looking at. And then from verse 21 to verse 35, we have clear instructions of what to do in order to settle these offenses. In all of this, forgiveness is the goal. So what is forgiveness? Let's read from the book of Colossians, the third chapter, reading verses 12 and 13. Paul put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, Meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Forgiveness is something intensely personal. It affects every way we relate to God and interact with other people. When we look at other definitions of forgiveness, 
it has been defined as, especially when we look at um, the Bible uh, uh, definition of forgiveness, it came from the Greek word translated as to let go, as when a debt person does not demand payment back from whatever has happened. And another definition that we have says that it's a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person who has harmed you, regardless of whether the person actually deserves your forgiveness. It means letting go of resentment and giving up any claim to be compensated for the hurt or loss we have suffered. So we can see that forgiveness is a wonderful thing, and at the same time, it's a serious matter. But we thank God for the grace that is made available when it comes to the issue of forgiveness. Perhaps one other way of understanding this um, important uh, um, theme of forgiveness is to look at what it is not. Forgiveness is not a cover-up. Forgiveness is not a game of pretense. Forgiveness is not passive waiting until the problem reduces. It's not ignoring the past. Forgiveness is a release of a legitimate debt. And it flows from the heart of one who has been forgiven. It means to cease to allow feelings of resentment against any offender. Instead, you let go of your right to hurt back. Forgiveness is a serious matter. It's like pouring out the pollution and offense as cost in the heart. Thereby, you make your heart pure. You make your heart clean. Forgiveness is the heart of a true Christian. Always there. Whether the offender comes forward to ask for forgiveness or not, in the heart of someone who has been truly forgiven, forgiveness is deep-seated there. You don't wait until he, she comes to ask for forgiveness. God can give us the grace. Christian forgiveness is very important. It must be embedded in the heart as a foundation and as a shock absorber. God laid that foundation, and he wants his children to build on that foundation. We cannot be in tune with God and out of tune with our brothers and sisters. Forgiveness is the basic principle of Christianity. It's a glorious part of the plan of salvation. And actually, another word for salvation, and we all know how important salvation is, Another word for salvation is forgiveness. Without salvation, there is no forgiveness. We thank God for the forgiveness that we can receive from God. It is one thing to be called a Christian, and it is another thing to live the Christian standard of forgiveness. 
May the Lord help us to reach that standard. Without um, anybody telling us, we all know that we have honest, legitimate, conscientious, different opinions, different emotions, different likes and dislikes. The same diamonds I read that looks on one side to one person looks differently on the other side to another person, depending on which angle you're looking at it from. We see things differently. And as a result, from time to time, as we interact, we will offend each other. We will say things without thinking. We may misjudge each other. We may inadvertently, unknowingly step on each other's toes. That will happen. And when it happens, the Bible enjoins us as God's children who has obtained forgiveness, who has enjoyed what forgiveness gives. Forgiveness gives joy, gives happiness, gives rest of mind. And so we would like to extend that to our offender. We want them to have that joy. We want them to have that peace. So we are always ready to say, brother, I forgive you. Sister, I forgive you. It must be there in the church. It must be there between husbands and wives. It must be there between parents and children. It must be there with employers and employees. May God help us. If we cannot forgive one another as commanded by Jesus, then our Christianity is vain. Absolutely vain. But we thank God. It doesn't have to be like that. We can look up to God. We can commit the pain and the hurt to God. And God will look after that. Who needs forgiveness? Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all that have offended God, we all need forgiveness. And we thank God. We have had testimonies of many of us that have called upon God, confessed our sins to him, and he has forgiven us. We thank God for that. Similarly, all those that have offended us, whosoever they may be, those that have lied against us, those that have merged our reputation, those that have cheated us, those that have sneered at us, those that have accused us falsely, they all need our forgiveness. Either they are Christians or not. Family members or not. The only condition here that I need to quickly point out, for God to forgive us, we must confess. We must repent. For us to forgive our brothers and sisters, we don't need to wait until they come to confess. We don't need to say, he has not come back to me to say, I am sorry. Don't wait for that. That is the standard that Jesus is setting for us. And by his grace, we can reach it. By his grace, we can make it in Jesus' name. We receive forgiveness from God 
when we humble and we confess and we look up to him and he answers our prayers. When and how do we offer forgiveness? Let's look at Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is very important. It's a command from Jesus. It is not optional. It is something that is required. A Christian must always forgive, even when an offender does not come forward or may not even be aware of the offense. That's what Jesus Christ meant when he spoke to uh, Peter about 70 times 7, 490 times, don't wait there. Don't stop there. Just think about it. If God will give you an eye, 70 times 7 forgiveness passes. 490 forgiveness passes. That's the pass I give you. Then you can't in and then counting, and then counting, we will all be in trouble. So we know that Jesus didn't mean that you keep record of when it is 101, when it is 203, when it is 305, when it is 461, and then when it is 489. And now you're thinking it remains only one. And then when that one now happens, that is it. I don't believe that is what Jesus meant. Because when you do that, then you are keeping record, isn't it? So going back to and be checking the record. Jesus didn't mean that at all. What he meant is unlimited forgiveness. Whenever your brother comes, whenever your sister comes, we call upon him. We, 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 We tell him that we are very sorry until it becomes natural. As soon as we are aware of it. And that offense, or the forgiveness, rather, must come from the heart. That is what we have in chapter 18, again, verse 35, at the end of that parable, when Jesus said that, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your heart, very important, from your heart, forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. It is very clear here that our salvation, our forgiveness, is tied with the requirement that we must forgive others who have wronged us. After we have prayed and we still do not receive an answer, we should check ourselves and see if we are in any way to blame. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way, 
First, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. To be reconciled with thy brother is not always easy. But as we have heard before now, if we must be in one accord, if we must be united in praying together and calling upon God, we, we have no choice but to have free mind to each other. When the word of God says that where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. I want to believe these two or three are those that have nothing in between. People that are, they are forgiving each other. They, they, they are on the same page, as we say, in terms of their spirituality. And when people are like that, and they called upon God like that, God will surely answer. God, God, that is his promise. He will surely fulfill his promise. We must be in one accord. Another time, Jesus said that forgive us our debts. That is Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus wants forgiveness that lays the matter down and forgets it. You think about it. What kind of forgiveness is it when one says, yes, I forgive you, but there is no half forgiveness. The forgiveness that we have received from God is full, is complete. Micah chapter 7 verse 9 says that God cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. All. We sing, my sin not in part, but the all. I bear it no more. It is well with my soul. So when we forgive, we must forgive in whole. There is no partial forgiveness. The situation should not be to us as though... We, 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 are, we are trying to patch forgiveness. No. God can help us to even see a situation that has affected us so badly as if nothing has happened. The grace of God can achieve that. God has a way of doing that. That brother or that sister should be to us the same as any other brother and any other sister. God says, there are sins and iniquities. Will I remember no more? Hebrews ten seventeen, And God is saying, go and do likewise. That's something which made us feel uncomfortable when we passed by that person. That thing is gone. That is genuine forgiveness. Paul says in um, Acts twenty four sixteen. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and toward men. In other words, he was working on it. So must we. We must exercise ourselves. Not long ago, I realized that um, I, 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 I must do something to make sure that I, I remain uh, uh, healthy. Um, my work involves 
um, sitting down most of the time, no exercise, so to speak. So I decided I must do exercise in order for all the psychomotor part of my body to work very well. And I said to myself, you need to set a goal. I set a goal of 10,000 steps every day for myself. It can be in the morning, can be in the evening. Actually, early hours of this morning, I've covered my 10,000 steps and just were jogging and walking around in order to make me physically fit. God wants us to be forgivingly fit. And in order to do that, we've got to exercise, just like Paul is saying here. As soon as the offense is coming, plead the blood of Jesus. Tell Jesus to take it away. He's my brother. He's my sister. He will not do that to me deliberately. It may be that I just don't understand. I don't have all the details. Give the benefit of the doubt. Exercise. Exercise yourself. The more you do that, the more you are becoming forgivingly fit. And may God help us to be like that. Because if we fail to do that, harboring grudges is spiritually, emotionally, and physically draining. Forgiveness energizes and frees one to move on. And we want to move on. There is danger in keeping malice as it may fester into bitterness, which we don't want in our heart, as advised in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15, that we should be very careful not to let the root of bitterness grow in us. So the earlier it happens and you deal with it, the better. Pray about it. Tell Jesus about it. As people offend you, remember, you are offending others too. We are in it together. Do you want the offended, the person that you have offended to forgive you? If you do, when an offender comes to you, do the same. Forgive that same person too. George Herbert, a religious poet of 16th century, put it this way. He who cannot forgive others destroys the bridge over which he himself must pass. You will get to that bridge too, in one way or another. And if during the time you are at that bridge, instead for you to keep it intact and forgive and move on, you destroy it. What will you do when you get there? Because you too will get there. God expects us to forgive freely. And God can help us. Because failure to forgive can lead to many disasters. Failures to forgive can lead to hatred, resentment, bitterness, and consequently create health issues. It affects relationships. And it can stop us from experiencing the freedom and joy that forgiveness enables. Failure to forgive makes you caustic, sarcastic, condemning, and nasty. Your thoughts towards others will become malignant. It will become unkind, and your whole view of life becomes distorted. Unforgiveness is a burden. 
And by the special grace of God, this morning, God wants that burden to be lifted. So that you can pray. So that you can approach the throne of grace with nothing in between. With our hearts open unto heaven. And say, God, answer my prayers. God, these are my issues. These are my problems. And when our hearts are clean and nothing in between, by the grace of God, our prayers will go through. In Jesus' mighty name. Forgive, where forgiveness is lacking, there will be suspicion. A lot of things continue to happen. Murmurings, backbiting, gossiping, all this supposed not to be among God's children. Where we have all this, the church will not grow. One will not trust each other. No confidence in each other. And that then becomes devil's workshop. It is no longer the church of God. And that is not God, God's intention. May God help us. God wants to build this church as a holy house, a holy people. And may God help us to be part of that building. If anybody comes to you for any restitution, forgive without probing. Some says, um, it is, um, confession is not genuine, it's not sincere. Take it as a bonus. For him or her to even come to you, it's a bonus. The standard here is high. The standard here is that it does not need to come to you. We are, not, we are not in any way patting the back of the offender. God knows how he's going to deal with that. But we are talking of you now who is a Christian and you are offended. The question of sincerity, leave that to God. God wants us to forgive the wrongdoer before they ask or even show any sign of remorse. Does that mean that they will escape the consequence of their actions of course not. It just means we are not responsible for making it happen. God will take care of that. Leave that to him. Always remember, forgiveness is greater than vengeance. And compassion, more powerful than anger. You remember Joseph and his brothers? All that they did to Joseph when he was sold into Egypt. And all that he went through. And when the... Uh, Brothers approached him for forgiveness. He said, Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me. It was not you that sent me either, but God. That is a high standard. With all that that young man went through, and for him to say that God knows about it. I leave you to nothing I want to do with you, but God has looked after me. God has taken care of me. God has used the situation to bring something good out of something that is hopeless. God can do that for you and I. In a situation that we cannot understand, in a situation that we find ourselves, two friends, two brothers, two sisters that have been very cordial, then something happens, and then we cannot see eye to eye again. Is it going to then happen in the mid-air? 
Is it going to happen when Jesus will be serving? Jesus wants everything to be settled here. And he will settle it in Jesus' mighty name. That's what um, um, Joseph did. The act of forgiving does not come easily to the average man. Especially when the trespass has caused much inconvenience, a terrible injury, a great loss, heartache, reproach, great distress. So when we find ourselves in a situation where it is very hard for, for us to forgive, what must we do? James 4.6 says, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And um, Annie Johnson Flint wrote in a song, His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary, known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. That is lavish grace. That is plentiful grace. That is great grace. And God can extend that to any of us. We have a testimony of Brother 45 for another's crime. It's a tract in our church here. I encourage you to read that tract. Someone that was accused uh, uh, um, falsely uh, for offense that he did not commit and was jailed as a result of that for about 25 years. And he was there and he came out and God met him. He got saved. He gave his testimony in the church. And the person that committed the offense was there. He heard about the testimony. God made a way. At a point, they came together and the real uh, um, offender, the murderer, went to this our brother and said, I am the man who committed the murder in Tacoma. I am the one who caused you to spend all those years suffering in jail. Will you forgive me? We are told that uh, Brother 45 could not say yes immediately. It can happen to you and to me. We may not be able to say immediately, but we have a place to go. We have someone. We, 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 we have uh, uh, Jesus Christ, the one that died for us, the one that has forgiven us, that we can go and meet. He went into a closet to go and pray. He locked himself there. He prayed for hours. And then the Lord appeared to him. The Lord will appear to you. Amen. Forgive him for my sake. For my sake. For Jesus' sake. And is it not true that if we compare all that Jesus has forgiven us with what our brother and sister is asking us to forgive, this will pale by comparison. It will become so insignificant. So, Brother 45 forgave um, um, completely. In London Church, a few years back, we have the case of um, our late sister Caroline, whose husband left uh, for 29 years. Um, the husband left Nigeria for London for 29 years. They were separated. This, um, the husband got married to another wife in London, 
and was in London for a long time. You can imagine Sister Caroline, a choir member in Nigeria, was suffering. But after 29 years, in, in the 70s, when the Apostolic Faith Church started in London, this uh, um, man came across the gospel, prayed through, and he decided he would make restitution. He came to Nigeria to meet Sister Caroline. That was something difficult. Sister Caroline received counseling. You have to forgive. If you want to make heaven, if you want your own salvation to stay, you must forgive. Sister Caroline prayed. She forgave the husband. The two of them moved to London. Stella and I, we stayed with them. They lived as if they have never separated. You're talking about grace. God can give us the grace. And I'm not talking about where there is a case of um, separation like this. It can be about any other offense. It can be about any other thing. For some people, it is easy to talk about a brother or a sister. Perhaps they want some sympathy for a wound they received. It is always hurt to hear someone imply that another in the church is a liar. When we know that all liars are going to have their part in the lake of fire, I would rather quickly think that my brother or sister was mistaken. I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I will do again what Apostle Paul did, exercise myself. This thing may not come automatically, but God will help us. Jesus Christ was a perfect example. While dying, Jesus Christ was able to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When we talk about Stephen, who followed that similar example, they are not looking at who is guilty here. That is not what we are talking about. But we are looking at forgiveness. Stephen was able to say, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. That is forgiveness. If we have some kind of spirit, this same kind of spirit, the ministers will not need to counsel people so much. The problems between brothers and sisters will soon go away. May God help us to do the Bible. We must do the Bible. What does the Bible say? When we do the Bible, the Lord will bless us. Some practical steps that you can take. Matthew 5.44 says, Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So you can pray for them. Beware of what is called, someone has called a tortu syndrome. A self-protect kind of a thing. Some people like to go into their shell. Once there is any issue, they will run into their shell. Yes, God gave the shell to the tattoo for protection. But do you know what? The tattoo must still bring the head out at times. He must still bring the legs out in order to walk around and look for food and to survive. If the tattoo will remain inside the shell, just like that, he will die. So, so you don't want to just go inside the shell and remain inside the shell. Come out of the shell and the Lord will give you the grace. You, you need to move on. 
reject turtle syndrome, God will help us. Remain friendly with the person. Our action needs to show that forgiveness is real. Second Corinthians 7, 2, 7 and 8. Talking about any grief that might have been caused, Paul wrote, forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that ye will confirm your love toward him. Failure to do so will make Satan to get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We want to back up our forgiveness with action. Benefits of forgiveness. Our prayers will be answered. Fellowship will be restored. God will heal us. James 5.16 says, Confess your fault one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. You release yourself from stress, heartache. You relieve yourself from every burden. You have the joy of heaven. Forgiveness is a serious thing. That is a challenge that we have before us this morning. Is there anyone you need to forgive today, but you are struggling? Is there anyone that has hurt you badly, caused you terrible injury, damaged your reputation? Here is a prayer that someone offered, which we can emulate. Lord, I praise you for forgiving me, for washing my sins away. Reveal anything I need to confess to you today, so that I can bring it before you and be cleansed and set free, especially any place in my heart where I have not forgiven someone. I know how subtly resentment and bitterness can build up and hinder my prayers. I recognize that my lack of forgiveness towards others can keep me from experiencing your forgiveness. I acknowledge that I am incapable of forgiving on my own. Remind me that I cannot make my forgiveness conditional upon whether people deserve it or not, and that the focus of my heart must remain on becoming more like you. Give me grace to forgive and not hold forgiveness back until the other person says or does what I think they should. Take away anything of anger, bitterness, or resentment in my heart. Pour out your spirit upon me and cleanse me of all that is not of you. Enable me to walk in the forgiveness you have given me and to extend it to others. In Jesus' name, I pray. The Lord will answer your prayers. I invite you to come to the altar and open your heart to the Lord and tell it to Jesus and get that grace for God to deliver and to help you as we sing in 501. God bless you as you pray.